Hey, sports fans. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Hosk, and Tom Wilson's still smashing pots and pans in the Rangers' kitchen. I'm Jones, and fuck Taylor Hall. I'm Kudo, and I am now signing as a goalie. Let's get into sports and stuff. What are we talking about? I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. Or not. Ball into the wind of it is first up for Just a bit outside. You're an announcer with a long stick from time to time. Touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. It's funny to me, too. Screw them. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. On tonight's episode, Jones airs his grievance about Taylor Hall. The NHL playoff matchups are almost set. Playoffs rumored to begin this weekend. Albert Pujols gets released by the Angels. The Raps missed the playoffs for the first time in eight years. Hosk's got stuff to talk about, including the cheating horse from the Kentucky Derby. Big Brother Canada makes history in its finale. And Scrutinizer Jones puts us back on the grill. This is Into Sports and Stuff. All right, Jones, let's start the week off with uh, with some airing, airing of some grievances. Kudo picked Taylor Hall to be his goal scorer in the Tim Hortons um, Pick'em Challenge today. Jones almost lost it. He's just just cursing the name Taylor Hall for some reason. Let's get to the bottom of it. Jones, what's eating Jones? He's just a fucker. He, you know. <laughs> He's I, a fucker. <laughs> I think he. I think personally, he quit on his team. He, uh, you could see it by his play at the uh, the last part of the. I'm going to say the season that he was with, with the Buffalo Sabres, he just quit playing. He wouldn't back check. He just didn't look like he gave two shits. And then, uh, you know, he, he says, I'm only going to waive my no trade clause basically to go to Boston. Cause that's where he wanted to go all along. And, you know, he forced the GM's hand to send him to Boston cause they needed to recoup something from him being so miserable. Um, and uh, now he goes to Boston and, wouldn't you know, he's just like a completely different player. He's like, oh, I'm going to start trying. I'm going to start scoring goals. And I just think that he was a little baby and didn't really give two shits about playing in Buffalo. He just signed there because, hey, look, they're giving me the most money. I'm going to go sign there. I'm going to play like shit. And then I'm going to go where I want to go to try and win a cup. That's my uh, my beef with Taylor Hall. A lot to unpack there, Jones. Like I, I couldn't disagree with your take more. He signed with Buffalo, so I'm sure if he wanted to be in Boston all along, he would have found a way to be in Boston all along. Wait. Buffalo gave him the money. He signed with Buffalo. Buffalo came out of the gate. They were a fucking dumpster fire. Like, nobody – I think he actually had a decent start to the season. He but scored after, two goals after in that, Buffalo. He scored two goals. Yeah, but he was playing well at the start of the season. How he do you say playing he's playing well, well if he scored two goals? He scored more goals in one game. How many assists did he have? He had like four assists in Buffalo. He had no I'm points. saying he was trying. He was putting up the effort. He was supposed to be playing with Jack Eichel, who's been injured for three quarters of the year. Eichel was doing nothing either. Yeah, their whole team uh, was shit. They were just a they're terribly coached team in a terribly tough division. And like it was it was just the perfect storm of crap for them. If if he wanted to be in Boston all along, Boston had to eat or Buffalo had to eat half of the salary for him to go there. He could have signed in Bo- in Boston for half the salary no, from the get go. If he the- wanted to take four million dollars, but he felt he was worth the eight million dollars, so he took the only eight million dollar offer he had on the table. It's half the remaining salary that they had to pay that Buffalo has to pay. Yeah, but his, his, his pay. half the remaining salary. Yeah. No, I I understand. Yeah. So but half, half of his bucks. contract would have, would have been four million. 
I understand it's half of half of a third or however many games are left, but it doesn't change. It doesn't change the fact if you want to be in Boston from the get go, he would have been there. He may have held them hostage, but he also waived his no trade clause, which he didn't have to do. And so Buffalo on this one year gamble, they took on him, picked up a second round pick, picked up, picked up a prospect, which is better than nothing for a guy who didn't owe them anything. It pretty much did help hold them hostage. You give the, you give the guy a no trade clause. He's got he's gonna control where he goes. He's not gonna go to he's not gonna go somewhere he doesn't want to play. If yeah, the, but you think that if they're gonna trade him, they're gonna trade him to some only people that are gonna try and pick him up are teams that are in contention to win the Stanley Cup. They're not gonna go. Oh, let's uh, you know, let's go to San Jose where they've got no chance of making the playoffs. We're just gonna give you assets to take Taylor what if, Hall. What if Arizona not- tried to pick him back up? Arizona was in the hunt. Arizona wasn't going to pick him back up because they saw what happened. Why would they go back to the same well? They tried to sign a long term. Yeah, and he didn't sign there. So why would they go back to the same well? Who knows? What if they? But what if they did? They would. He's got to protect himself. No. At least if you're going to protect yourself, you can say, okay, well, here's like six teams that I'm willing to go to instead of just saying, oh, here's the only team I'm willing no, he to play didn't, for. He wanted to go to Toronto. Toronto didn't want him. Toronto didn't need him. And so then he saves face with his new teams. Oh, yeah, I wanted to be here all along. Like, I don't think he wanted to be there all along. I think he did. Well, if he did, he would have been there all along. There was no way point. he would have taken a discount to play in Boston. So how could he have wanted to be there all along? Because he's That's got to my find point. A different, he found a different way to get there. He took the most money he could possibly get and found a way to yep. get himself to Boston. I don't think it was just Boston. I think it was just the fact that he left Buffalo, who's a shit team, and he's now playing in the playoffs. So, if if Boston wasn't in the playoffs, do you think he would have still been there? Because that's where he would have held hostage to go to. No. No, because he would have Agreed. picked a different team, but he still wanted to go to Boston. Yeah, because they're a contender. Yeah, he wanted to go there after the fact. He didn't. If he wanted to be there all along, he would have been there all along. He would have. He would have not signed a four-year deal or $4 million deal to go to Boston if he wanted to go there all along. Why? Because why would he sign that deal when you're being offered more money? <laughs> exactly. So why would he, why can oh, you say so that why, he wanted to be there all along if he wouldn't sign there to be there all along? Because he's signing, he's trying to make the most money he can. You never know when you're going to, what if he got hurt? You're contradicting your own argument here, Jones. <laughs> what if he gets hurt and, and his career's over? So oh, I just took four million dollars. I don't disagree. I he, he went. He went. He took the best offer. He went to a spot he wanted to be that paid him the best money. If he wanted to go yep. to the spot that he wanted to be that didn't pay him the most money, maybe he would have been in Boston. So then why did he try? Where he? Why did he? Uh, I don't think you could. I don't think you could say he didn't try. He might have. He might have had his uh, his fire relit when he got to Boston. Got out of that fucking dumpster fire. I, I don't. But, uh, did you watch I, I don't any? Think of the you could Sabres say anybody games? in the NHL is not trying. Did you watch any of the Sabres games? It's pretty no, hard to say that. I watch the Sabres play. When when you have analysts come on TV and say it looks like he's not giving two I had shits, I two of my fantasy teams instead, of including including the Andrew Sports and stuff one. So don't tell me that I, I know his pain more than anybody right now. I'm just saying, <laughs> if you have analysts come on TV that have played in the NHL and goes, this guy doesn't give a shit. It's pretty bad. It's pretty noticeable when analysts are coming on TV and basically yeah, but look calling what was out happening. They weren't calling out his effort at the start of the season. It was after they lost 19 games in a row. and He they're was in gone a before they lost 19 games spiral. in a row. 
And they no, call, he was there through the thick of it. They, they he was, called him he out, was like, there the, as they lost 15. He wasn't there when they got out of it. He was there when they were in it, though. They called him out like a month into the season. Yeah, were You're they pay, calling him Jack Eichel? To, he's paid to score goals, and he scored two goals. How many goals who, he scored? Who was setting him up to score the goals, though? It does it, who's setting him up exactly. in Boston? He's not playing with Marshawn and... He's playing with Krejci. And, he's playing and with DeBrusque. David Krejci. Yeah. You th- like, Krejci is a legit playmaking number two. He'd be a number one center on a lot of teams in the league. I, he's going to be a number one center in free agency this, this offseason. I find that hard to believe. Okay. Look up your stats on David Krejci and his career. And, you know, he's just he's overshadowed because he plays on the second line there. Taylor Hall also plays on the power play, and he's got Bergeron and them setting him up. He doesn't. Taylor Hall step. I watched the game the other day, and he was on the power he play. Has and Marshawn on the ice with him and twenty three assists. Taylor Hall this year. Yeah, he's got eight goals since he's joined uh, Boston. Boston in what six games? Ten games? I'd be putting up. I could put up eight eight goals well, playing for like, Boston. It's been like sixteen games. It's not six, but when you got guys feeding you the puck, you can snipe if you're a sniper. That's what he does. He didn't have that in Buffalo, and now he's got that in Boston. That's why he's scoring. And he's playing for something now. He's not playing on a shit team, fucking not going anywhere. I don't care. I, I still think he gave up on his team. And to be a player that gives up on your team, I think you're looked down upon by the rest of your peers. You don't give up on your fucking team. That's just the way I look at it. If you want to play there, then you fucking play there. You don't just give up and play like dog shit. That's my opinion. You can say whatever you want, but that's like, kudo, how many games did we win that one year? I was just going to bring that up. I was like, is this hitting like a personal spot right now? Why are you so pissed? No, I'm just saying. Because we had a goalie that quit on us, Uh, Rob Smith. I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying when we went out on the (laughs) ice that one year, how many times did you just say, I'm not going to play? Or did you play because you're fucking there to play hockey? I fucking played. I was probably one of the better players on the fucking team. But. That's because, I put up fucking points for us. <laughs> that's because you're there to play hockey. You're not there to just fucking skate around and pick your ass. And that's what he was doing. So Yeah, he should have been playing for his teammates, but exactly. I don't know the whole situation there. But Kuda, were you making eight million dollars that season? Fuck no. It's playing for free. Exactly. Yeah. So that's even I was better. Paying to play, probably. Oh yeah, technically, yeah, you are paying. Yeah, you are paying to play. So there you go. Didn't come out of my pocket, I don't think. I only paid for high school hockey that year. All right, Kudo. Well, your Habs finally clinched the playoff spot. Yes. It only took them like three <laughs> weeks after the Leafs got in. But the the Habs are, are going to the playoffs. They're hopefully going to be going up against the Maple Leafs. Nice little battle of Eastern Canada, original six matchup. Playoffs matchups are almost set across the board. There's only, what, one team that can still move in the standings, maybe two? There's two. Possibly, yeah. Colorado, Colorado can jump Vegas, and yeah. the Habs can Montreal jump the can jump the Jets. Yeah. Yeah, so playoff matchups are coming together. Playoffs are set to go Washington and the Taylor Hall-led Boston Bruins <laughs> playing playing game one Saturday afternoon. Probably. What are uh, what are the what are the playoff storylines you're most looking forward to? Well, if it's going to be Habs and Leafs, that's probably one of the bigger matchups that will be more entertaining to watch. Original six teams going at it. Can't remember the last time the Leafs and Habs played each other in the playoffs. It would have been a while ago, like a yeah. long time ago. Because they 1967, were... when the Leafs <laughs> defeated <laughs> the Montreal Canadiens to win the to win the Stanley Cup. I don't think that was the case. No, it would have been it would have been a very long time ago because they were both like Toronto was in the West for a while, right? Yeah. So, so and they didn't play each other recently. Coming. 
No, because the Canadians couldn't get into the playoffs for the longest time. So what, maybe like since they were like the original six? Uh, Probably at least since like original eight, but probably original six. It's been 42 years, 1979. Holy shit. Were you, were you alive then? No, I wasn't alive then. He's close. Yeah, closest here anyways. Yeah. We also saw this past week some coaching news. Tortorella and Rick Tockett both agreed to depart gracefully from their coaching duties in the NHL. Uh, Tockett with the Coyotes, uh, Tortorella with the Blue Jackets, both were on expiring contracts. Any thoughts on on these two coaches and, and what their future holds? I was surprised with uh, Rick Tockett. I figured he was going to re-sign there. So I feel like Arizona liked him and he was doing well there. So that one kind of surprised me with him, them saying that they're going to part ways. But I could see Rick Tockett definitely finding work very soon somewhere else. I have a feeling both these coaches will have jobs in the NHL next year. I think so. I, I think Tortorella would actually be a good fit with the Coyotes. I think he's, you know, they're kind of a, a younger, undisciplined team that could use his his structure and put them on the right path. So I think he could uh, he could maybe benefit that group. I don't know if uh, Phil Kessel will like that, though. <laughs> Phil the Thrill. Cheeseburger Phil on to his next stop. <laughs> yeah, Phil will be sitting in the press box quite a bit if Torts is, uh, is holding yeah, him accountable. The, with the effort that he gives out? Yeah. I heard uh, I heard Versteeg talking on the on the radio earlier this week about Kessel, and they, they said basically that Kessel's like the most gifted athlete he's ever he's ever seen. Like the guy's just un, an unbelievable athlete. He said if he had any drive, like if he had the drive of a McDavid or a Crosby, he'd be like, he'd be the best player in the in the league just with his skill level. Oh, yeah, he I've heard does, that. He just doesn't have the drive. Talking about like, Versteeg uh, <laughs> always talks about Phil like going out, on, like whenever they go out to eat and Phil's like supposed to be on a diet or whatever, he's just eating like the, it's like, yeah, I'll get the, sh- I'll get the seafood platter. And they're like, oh, that's healthy. And it's all like fried food shows up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, He likes his Harvey's as well. Yeah. Harvey's makes your hamburger a beautiful thing. That's right. <laughs> no free ads. Also, our Tom Wilson saga continued beyond our pod last week. Uh, so we saw some, we saw the rematch go down on Wednesday night, I think. Prior to the pod, though, I think maybe it was Thursday night. Unless, uh, I don't know. My days are all mixed, but I don't think that they'd fire. Had they fired the president and GM by the time we recorded last week? I don't think no. so. I don't. I don't think so. No, I came after. So yeah, the the Rangers fired the president and GM day after criticizing the league for the suspension to Tom Wilson, or the lack of suspension, I'll say, to Tom Wilson. Basically, they called out George Peros said he was unable to perform his duties properly. Yeah, it was unfit. Yeah, unfit to do his duties. So the, the Rangers were fined as a franchise two hundred fifty thousand dollars for their comments against the league and uh, Peros. And uh, they fired the president GM. The president GM was apparently performance based, even though, you know, I think they've done a pretty good job turning that franchise around, even though they missed the playoffs in a very, very tough division this year. Yeah, it was kind of surprising that those guys both got fired, but it's what it is, I guess. Chris Drury takes over. I'll be honest, guys, the more and more I watch that Tom Wilson, the less I, my, my opinion kind of changes on it. Uh, I never, I didn't see it live, so everything was kind of clipped, and I thought it was separate incidents. But for for the Bushnevich and the uh, Panarin thing to be in the same scrum, I don't think it was as bad as 
obviously Tom Wilson shouldn't have ragdolled Panarin the way he did, but I, I my opinion is is changed. You know, rewatching that scenario, and when you see Crosby like two nights later, mm-hmm. um, Duncan, uh, what's his face, is uh, head off the ice. Uh, Connect me, I think it was. Yeah, from Connect Philly. Me? Yeah, um, and nothing happened to Crosby, so you know, uh, my opinion changed a little bit on the. On, I think he still should have probably got one to avoid that line brawl and the other fights that they had in the rematch, but it is what it is. Uh, fun fact with that. That was the first game in NHL history to feature six fights in the first five minutes of a game. Yeah, and the nice thing was the, the or the, I'll say the interesting thing is they all the three fights all dropped. They said at the same time, so they didn't get didn't get like secondary penalties. I think when I think when I think there's like penalties for subsequent fights or something like that. So avoid line brawls like it's game game misconduct when there's a subsequent fight in the same at the same time or something like that. Yeah. So they, they all three fights right off the opening draw of center and the two wingers, all the, all declared that they all started at the same time. So none of those guys got uh, game misconducts, which I thought was pretty interesting. And you see, see Chara kind of standing over the pile. <laughs> That's a great picture. <laughs> well, he went up to the one defenseman on the Rangers and he said something to him basically saying like, I think he was saying like, do you want to do this or are you sitting at it? Like you, you don't want to do this. Like he was having a few a good talk with the one uh, defenseman. I forget who it was. It was Brandon Smith. Brandon Smith, I think. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Well, because then later on, Brandon Smith chased uh, Wilson down, and they went at it. He fought, yeah, Wilson on his first shift. They... As soon as he came on the ice, he went right after Wilson. But yeah, I think I think Smith would have got a game misconduct if he had a fought Chara there. So I think that's pro- probably part of the reason those guys didn't didn't go off that. Uh, off that face off. I wonder if Char told him like you better do it as soon as he gets on the ice to get it over with. He's like, I don't want to continue this throughout the whole game. Like it did continue probably. the whole game. That's though. probably oh it did well the first period basically and that was it. There's a lot of sl- slashing and cross checks and Wilson ended up leaving the game injured. I don't think he was injured. I think it was let's get him off the well, ice. It's probably precautionary so because of the yeah one of the one of the Rangers guys got suspended. It was Buchnevich. Was it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. The cross check. A Mantha. Cross check on Mantha, yeah. Yep. Mantha goaded yeah, him. That was like right to the face. In the face! In the face! Mantha goaded him the whole way up the ice into that cross check. Oh, he wanted to go him, and he never wanted to go. Mantha. So obviously, he Mantha, gave him the, yeah, but he was giving him the tap saying, like, no, hey, let's go, let's do this. Mantha punched him in the side of the face before that, if you watch it. And when the play was in the other end, Mantha, like, gave him a shot to the side of the face. And then when they came back down the ice, Uchnevich kind of gave Mantha a shot, and that's when. Mantha started tapping him and tapping him. And like when Buchnevich connected with that cross check right to the face, Mantha was going for the same kind of hit. Maybe not to the face, but he was going right to the he chest. He wasn't going to the face. He was going right to the chest with the cross cross check. Like, yeah, which they all do. Yeah. But I'm just saying it was like they were both going for a cross check and his stick got up higher and got him right in the face. For Mantha to get it in the face, like he's like six five, six six. Like he's not all he's not a small guy. You gotta get that stick up there to uh to get it in his face. I'm pretty sure Buchnevich is bigger than him, like taller. Yeah, but it looked like he jumped at really, him yeah. when he threw that cross check. So Buchnevich is like Angval, he's one of those he's really big, but he looks really small. Yeah. You think he's a lot smaller than he is? Well he but he's not thick, he's just tall. He's tall and lanky. Yeah. Like like Angval. I think Angval's a little bit thicker. Engvall always looks like the smallest guy on the ice to me. Maybe he just doesn't wear any pads. I don't know. Could be the way he skates. Could be. 
couple of historic things happened in the NHL this week. The first being Connor McDavid. He hit the 100-point plateau in 51 games, I want to say. 53 games? 53. Um, and then there's there's a McDavid fun fact somewhere. I don't know if one of you guys has it handy. Oh, yes, I do. So Connor McDavid has more games with three-plus points this season, which was 18, than games with zero points, which was 11. That's a pretty crazy stat, to be honest. And then also the Tampa Bay Lightning um, created some history last night. They started a line of Matthew Joseph, uh, Jemel Smith, and some Walcott. I'm not sure his first name. It's his first NHL game. Three uh, three black hockey players on the Daniel same line. Walcott. Daniel Walcott. Three black uh, black hockey players on the same line. First time in NHL history. So good on the Tampa Bay Lightning for giving those guys a chance to shine. Um, Joseph's been with them all season. I think Smith's been in and out of the lineup, and Walcott was in his first NHL game. I think the um, the LA um, farm team, Ontario Rain, Ontario Rain yep. they, uh, they were the first professional team, I think, to play uh, all-black line. They had um, – Byfield. Byfield, Akil Thomas, Akil Smith. Yeah. Akil Thomas. Thomas. And I don't know who the third was. Fuck. The journeyman. Doesn't matter. They played earlier this season to become the first professional line and then uh, the first NHL line this past week. Uh, and I think that covers pretty much everything on our hockey board. Anything you guys want to touch on? Got nothing other than goalies go. Fuck the Leafs. We'll, uh, we'll make our playoff picks later this week when the matchups are finalized. We'll tweet them out. And, uh, and glance over them on next week's episode. Let's get into baseball. Let's move on. The Oakland A's could potentially be on the move. Uh, rumor has it that they will be playing the field, we'll say, with potential to uh, relocate. Uh, sounds like they really need a new stadium in Oakland. And Oakland City Council is not prepared to put the money into it that uh, that they want. So it's very possible that um, that they look to relocate. Some possible destinations that I saw quickly were uh, Vegas. Uh, I saw Montreal, uh, Nashville. Um, so I'm sure there's no shortage of destinations for Oakland if, uh, if the team actually wants to uh, put them on the move. Vegas would definitely have to be an indoor stadium, eh? Or, or like Arizona. I think they have a retractable roof. Oh, maybe. But it just gets fucking hot. Like, in likely. <laughs> yeah. In the summertime. I don't see them leaving Oakland. I can't see it. They got a long history there. Yeah. Did you see the Raiders yeah, the, the Raiders have left. Golden State pretty much left Oakland. They're playing on the other side of the river now. Um, like the, You can't get the funding for a stadium. What's the, you know, you, you need the amenities to bring people to the ballpark and yeah, isn't there, a, is, this is their way of getting the new stadium is saying that they're going to leave. Yeah, yeah they're, they're definitely trying to leverage, but you know, unless you know, I don't know where the money's coming from. They're not, they're not selling the team. I don't think. Pretty sure the Raiders tried to do the same thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Leverage money and then through the city, and they didn't give them the money, so they're like, "Screw this, we're going to Vegas. They're going to pay us for putting it in the stadium." 
And yeah, yeah. next thing you know, they're in Vegas, right? So big, big news of last week was uh, future Hall of Famer Albert Pujols getting uh, released by the Anaheim Angels. He was on the last year of his 10-year, $250 million contract. He's 41 years old, I think. 30 home runs shy of 700 for his career. Not Not a great look on Anaheim by doing it, but... At the same time, with Otani, with Walsh, there was nowhere for Pujols to play. And he's just essentially a, a useless body taking up a roster spot for them. So, you know, I, I understand the business side of it. It's hard, tough way to see a, a player like that. It was, you know, a genuine good guy in the game. Unsure where what his next move is, where he, uh, where he goes from here. Probably waits to see if there's any injuries or, or something to, or he can jump on with someone. So there's a few teams, basically, that they're saying that he could go to that I'm seeing here. The first one is pretty interesting. It's Cleveland. The other one is Washington. Then they have the White Sox, the Royals, and obviously the last one, which they have as number one, is the Cardinals because of where he started his career. But I know people were saying online that the Cardinals should do the classy move and sign him and then let him end his career with them considering he started there. Yeah, maybe in the offseason you sign him to a one-day so he can retire with you, but I don't see why you give him a, a roster spot at this point. It, it's tough for those National League teams to because he's got no flexibility. Like He can play first base not overly well. They don't have a DH, so you can use him as a pinch hitter, I guess, uh, but do you really want to carry him as as a pinch hitter? Like. The, the Nationals already have uh, Ryan Zimmerman, who does similar similar role. Yeah, Zimmerman might be able to play different positions, but you know he's not playing anywhere well right now. He's not moving like he used to. So you know, there's no real spot for for Pujol. So that's where it gets interesting. You know, Cleveland might be an option if they bring him into to DH. I don't know what their roster looks like. You know, Tampa Bay could. Pick him up off the scrap heap. Hopefully, hopefully he can sell some tickets for them, and uh, <laughs> and then he'll he'll probably turn into like a, a forty homer guy again, uh, playing playing for the Rays. So it's just what they do. They pick up garbage and turn it into <laughs> polish it into gold, right? So. Yeah. Well, he could also uh, play third base. So maybe the Jays look at picking him up and have him at third. <laughs> third base. Well, I'll be honest. Their their third base defense can't get much worse. But exactly. But I'm sure they could put Vladdy over there instead of uh, <laughs> instead of Pujols. But maybe if Rowdy doesn't start hitting, they look at him as a as a DH option. <laughs> yep. Remember but, when uh, I picked Rowdy see, to win the home run title? You did. Did you see um, Nolan Arenado? Basically, he was doing his inter- like post game interview, and then he said, "Oh, can I say one more thing?" And he brought up Pujols and saying how he loves him, is his favorite player, and he wants to see him like play somewhere else, and he hopefully gets picked up which I thought was a very nice gesture and good on uh, Arenado to do that and just yeah. put it out there saying like some team should pick him up because he's still one of the greatest players out there and his favorite player of all time. Yeah, if there's a like a, a team that doesn't have anything to play for, you know, why not? Maybe you can sell some tickets in the second half by putting our Pujols on display. But I just don't know who. He's, he's not a fit for many, many teams. Yeah, he could still play first base, though. Like, it's not like he's terrible. It's not like he's a, a liability. He can still play first, and he can still hit fucking bombs. But does it taint his legacy at all if he just comes on as a depth player and you just, you know, you see him wearing the Cleveland Indians logo after all these years, or you see him wearing the, 
uh, the Toronto Blue Jays logo. Like, does it? Uh, I don't think so. Because he could be there for like to help the uh, the younger players, right? Almost like a player coach and help develop some of the younger guys, teach them the ways. Yeah. Like he could help the Jays out and help uh, Guerrero at first base and teach him the ways of playing first base and being an all star there. Well, I don't think I don't think Pujols is a plus defender by any stretch. I don't even think he was really a plus defender when he was in his prime. So may not be the guy you want. Uh, uh, you want Guerrero to model his uh, his game after, but. Well, the way Grail's playing right now, <laughs> I think I'd rather have. He's actually been playing fucking um, unbelievable. Even Bulbashet can't make a throw across the diamond, and Vladdy's stabbing everything. Yeah, the Jays are hurting on that left side there on third and short. They need to do something there for sure. A couple no nos this past week: uh, John Means for the Orioles and Wade Miley for the Reds. Fourth no no so far this year, I think. Yep, fourth one. And I got a fun fact for that. Please. Kudos. Fun facts. So this would be my uh, fun fact of the week. This is the earliest we've seen four no-hitters thrown in a season since 1917. Kudo, you were definitely alive then. Oh, yeah, I'll yeah, take your word sure. for it, Kudo. I was definitely alive Before then. my time, but... Yeah. Uh, definitely alive then. Did you see that memes no-hitter? Would have been a perfect game if the catcher didn't drop the third strike. Yep. Run or reach on, uh, on a drop third yeah. strike. And uh, three out of the uh, no-hitters all had a guy get on base. Two of them were uh, hit by pitches, and then the other one was the drop third strike. Was it really a drop third strike, or was it like a swing and miss, and they called it a pass ball instead of a wild pitch? No, he reached. He was on first base. So No, no, I know he got on base, but... No, the catcher just, missed. Like He dropped it. Like He just didn't squeeze it. Yeah, and the guy it, ran it, it got and, through his legs. So it hit him in the glove or it bounced through his legs? Oh, I'm not completely sure. I just remember him getting up and having to get the ball and then throwing it the first. But the guy I was feel right like there. you guys are trying to put this on the catcher, but it might have been as much on the pitcher. Making no, the, catcher's, good, maybe, the catcher's got to make the fucking block. Maybe he maybe crossed them up. You ever think of that? Crossed you up. Why? You, <laughs> I'm going to cross you up. Now Kev's defending back catchers. What's going on? Yeah, what the crossed fuck? Crossed you man? up, Kudo, when I picked you off trying to steal home on me. <laughs> Yeah, I was just trying to steal on you just to do it to you. Because I told you, I'm pretty sure I told you ahead of time I was going to do it to you. <laughs> no, you told me you did it to somebody else. You told me you did it to another left-handed pitcher. So I was like... Oh, that's probably it, was, it. I knew I knew it was coming. Yeah. Fuck, I'm trying to find the play now and I can't find it. If you didn't tell him you did it to someone, Kudo, I think he would have had him. No, Kevin was smart enough to just step off. Because that's all he had to do was just step off. Because I had a huge lead. Just waiting him to make that first move to home and then I was gone. I was almost like halfway to home plate, I think. And Kev's just like, oh, I'm going to step off and fuck him. Yeah, yeah, you looked pretty stupid that day. I did, but I almost made it. I almost slid back into third and almost made it. I almost made it. Keep telling yourself that. I do, because I think I argued that I was saying I was safe. <laughs> I was out by five feet, but I was safe, I swear. No, I wasn't five feet. I think my argument was I got under the tag. Oh, there you go. It was always your argument. Was Reggie yep. on third? No, Reggie wasn't on third. Oh, okay. Any other baseball stuff? I just want to know, have any of you guys seen this pitcher for the Jays pitch? What's his name? Jordan Romano. Yep. Yep. The guy does a fucking squat every time before he throws the ball. Yep. Like, what's the point of that? He's a good, good Canadian boy. I like, is there, he's got to squats in. That's how you do yeah, it. I'm like, is he, is he trying to work out before he throws the ball or what? Look at, look at those glutes. <laughs> <laughs> I just find it funny that he's doing a full-on fucking squat. Hey, man. Goalies are crazy. Pitchers are crazy. You know, you got to have your routine. I guess. I don't think I ever did a squat before making a save, but hey. Yeah, but you take 
let people shoot pucks at your head in practice and warm up to wake you up. And no, I, I definitely don't let that happen. If someone hits me in the head and warm up. I'm fucking. I'm probably yelling at them. Were you the kind of goalie that got pissed off when somebody popped their water bottle in warm up? Was I in the net or not in the net? Not in the net. Uh, if I had to go fill up the bottle, then yeah, I was pissed. If someone was filling up the bottle for me, then no. But then I also didn't leave my bottle on the net in warm-ups. Because you learned, because people kept popping your bottle and breaking it. Well, yeah, that's... The, it was a catcher's fault. That's the biggest piss-off in the world. Like, if someone... You put your bottle there because you're getting ready to play, and then someone breaks it on you, you're fucking... And you don't have water for the whole game. Well, you shouldn't have left it there. I'm going to be the judge of this, Kudo. I'm watching this clip you sent. Yeah. That's definitely the catcher's, catcher's fault. fault. You fucking stood up. He, was, he thought it was a different pitch, obviously. No, it doesn't. It was He was had it low. He wanted it to go low, and then he fucking decided to like jump up some... Like he brought he was, his glove up too early and fucking jumped or some stupid... It, <laughs> he didn't think it was a breaking ball. Like It's pretty clear he does not think it's a breaking ball coming. for the pitch to come. You should know where it's coming. Or you should know what pitch is being thrown. You might not know exactly find the me, location completely, find, but find you know me, where to find fucking... Find me the one where you find his uh, his sign. Oh, fuck. I'm going to have to go really into it. I just I'm lucky to found that one. Find me the one where they're banging the trash can, and then I'll uh, I'll let you know. I'll find that one later. Okay, any other baseball? I got nothing. I, that was my baseball fact. It was a good fact. We got some sad news in the in the basketball world. Toronto Raptors, also known as the uh, inaugural season of the Tampa Bay Raptors, uh, they're going to miss the playoffs for the first time in eight seasons. I don't think they particularly wanted to get in after they were on uh, quite the cold stretch uh, down the last few weeks. This team easily could have got in, could have been the 10 seed, could have won and then put pressure on a on number one seed. They, they, if they're playing the Sixers in the first round, I think the Sixers are nervous. But they rest all their fucking players every game. They're playing Washington in a must-win game, and they rested Kyle Lowry and, like, three other starters. They really got thrown off by the, the whole COVID. When COVID hit the team, they were playing good basketball, and then it was like, oh, we got COVID, and yeah. they just took a shit after that. So I think that was the, the start of their downfall. But I agree, they did not want to get in. Like, there was games where they had Siakam, OG, Van Vliet, and Lowry all sitting out for rest i think tonight i think tonight against the clippers they're doing the same thing oh probably so uh, you know i think they're gonna rest up come back come back strong next season hopefully they get a a lottery pick that they can develop or or trade for some assets or something i hope they resign kyle lowry i hope they resign a decent clip I, i don't think it's time to give up on on the raptors contending with this group but you know maybe it maybe it should be but I think they still have a pretty good core. And, you know, if Lowry's a complimentary piece to that core, you know, why not? They got tons of cap space. They they could bring back Norm Powell and and uh, Kyle Lowry this offseason. Plus, you got a high draft pick. Plus, you got Gary Trent Jr. They got to resign him. He's a RFA though, isn't he? They still got to sign him and pay him. Who Gary Trent? Yeah, th- yeah. But there's talk of Kyle Lowry wanting like thirty million dollars and probably yeah, a two year deal. That's where it's a little crazy. Like it's not a one year. But if you, if you can get him to if you can get him down to like twenty five mil or twenty mil for two years, yeah, that's it's not terrible. No, but saying you know thirty million over two years or thirty million per for two years is, I think that's a little bit of a stretch for a guy that's what thirty five years old, thirty seven years old. Yeah, it, it's basketball money too, though, right? So you got to think thirty million is like eight million in hockey. 
Yeah, but I still think yeah, that, you probably you probably want to get them down to five or six, but I still think that not. eats up a lot of their cap. Uh, a lot of their free cap, anyways. Yeah. Like Siakam's eating a ton of it. They resigned OG for. Uh, I think he's getting around twenty twenty five somewhere in that ballpark. Fred gets twenty eight, I think. Yeah. Another thing, Russell Westbrook. Um, so everybody's kind of got a love hate relationship with Russell. He is going to pass Oscar Robinson. He passed him. He passed him. Yeah. It's done in the books. It's in the books. Russell Westbrook set NBA record for most career triple doubles in NBA history this past week. Passing Oscar Robinson for top spot on that. I think it's something like 157 career triple doubles, I want to say. Jones? I think it was 181, wasn't it? I'm trying to find it right now. Hold on. It's the most in NBA history. That's all that matters. Exactly. Yeah, and Robinson wanted him to uh, surpass his record. I guess a lot of people on Twitter were giving him flack for that. Like, why would you want someone breaking your record? It's like, is that Patrick Marlowe? Oh, if I get to, uh, if I got to one day, one day behind this guy, I would, I would quit right there. Yeah. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> Records are made to be broken, so fucking break it. Yeah. One hundred eighty-two. There you go. I was close. Yeah, you were still off. Kudo. You By one. Way closer than you. In the grand scheme of things, we're both wrong. Kudo, though, so. Yeah, but I wasn't over, so I went at prices right. Do you, though? Yeah. Bam! Just like that. That's all there is to it. That's all there is to it. A winner! Just like that. Leafs Habs is a guarantee. Just an update. The Jets, the Jets won. That? The Leafs the and Jets Habs won? first round playoffs. There you go. Let's go. Fuck you, Kudo. Fuck you guys. Go, Habs, go. I saw a Steph Curry fact this week, but I can't remember what it was. Something like he's only like 83 pointers behind Ray Allen for most career threes or, or for, for career threes or something like that. And he's played like 600 less games or something. That's <laughs> so fucking unbelievable. Well, yeah. And it, yeah. it shows you how much the game has changed though, right? Like, Oh, yeah. Because Ray Allen was like the best three-point shooter. In, is the best three-point like, <laughs> Yeah. Like in Michael Jordan's day, it wasn't about the three. It was... But slam yeah, dunking. So get, into the, yeah. get into the room. Get into the paint. Fucking body check. Slamming it down. Shaq style, baby. And now it's about... But now it's... Why take two points when you can take three? And flopping. The flop. That's why LeBron's the GOAT. Because he's the best flopper of all time. Oh, God. Guy's baby. All right, guys. I wanna, I'm going to get into my stuff here. Uh, just a couple things this week. I think the biggest biggest story in the sporting world uh, comes out of Russia, where our, our guy, the greatest hockey player to ever live, uh, did it again. Uh, you know we're talking about Vladimir Putin. Put up eight goals in a 13-9 win for his Red Army team over whoever they were playing. The white I don't know what the game was. Yeah, the white team. The red team beat the white team 13-9. First star once again for Putin. Better than Gretzky. Nobody nobody holds a candle to Putin and what he can do on the ice. Eight goals. Just unbelievable. And did you see him go top shelf too? He oh, roofed yeah. it on that goalie. And that's a tall goalie. I think that goalie uh, dove out of the way. You'd no, think they'd want to cover him. Like the guy's, the guy's torching you like that year after year. You know, you know, Maybe put a body on him, but no. 
No. No. Did you see down into the slot and just wrist it? (laughs) Do you see the guys backtracking when he when they're like throwing the puck to him? They like skate the other way. It's like, oh, (laughs) there's Putin with his white helmet skating towards the net. (laughs) We better not go anywhere near him. He's like the white helmet must be like the uh, the red no contact jersey in in football or something. (laughs) They just know like leave him alone. Oh, for sure. It's the uh, yeah, it's the no contact jersey in practice in hockey. This guy's on the no contact list. Can you imagine the pressure on that goalie if oh, he fuck. like ever makes a save on him? It's like I got <laughs> like oh shit, I just made a save. I'm fucked. <laughs> Where's the sniper? But here, here's the thing. Do you? I want, I want to know what you guys think. I, I get my opinion on. It. Do you think Putin knows they let him score all those goals, or do you think he thinks that he's the best? I think he thinks he's the best. I think it's a little bit of both. Just because he's Putin and he thinks he's the best at everything. I think he know he he thinks he's sniping them like I all hope the, the time. Russians aren't listening to me. That the goalie's trying, but at the same time, I think he knows that they're setting him up, trying to get him to score. I bet you he feels like the goalie's kind of trying and like not just letting it in because it's him. But obviously, the goalie's like, "Fuck that! I'm not stopping this because if I stop it, I might not be fucking here tomorrow." <laughs> yeah, I, I think he must know. Like he must know in some like you guys know when you're out there when you're out playing and the pace like drops a little bit. You like you like. That one person gets the puck and everybody just like drops their pace and like it's they give him a chance to now, try to score. Yeah. No, I, I don't I don't think I've ever been that guy. I probably should be that guy a lot of time when I play hockey, but I don't <laughs> think I've ever been that guy. I would think that you know or you or you have to feel it some like you like everybody's checking all of a sudden and then and the game just like stops when you have your chance. Like I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how like you must know. Like you have to. All right. Anyways, that's enough, Putin. Way to go, Putin! You're the best. Mother number Russia. one fans. <laughs> you heard it here. This is the number one Putin hockey podcast in the world. So, <laughs> yeah, you got the vaccine, so you've probably been bugged by Russia. So they're probably listening to us right now. I, I hear the national anthem playing. Do you guys hear that? Uh, nope. No. <laughs> but their vodka is pretty decent. <laughs> okay, next, next, uh, next thing I want to get into here: controversy uh, in the running of the roses. The conduct, conduct today, Junior Kentucky Derby winning horse uh, Medina Spirit tested positive for a banned substance. Trainer Bob Baffert really upset that he's being called the cheater. He's uh, suspended from all racing at um, Churchill Downs until his name has been cleared or until the investigation is is over here. It's just kind of a wild story. It's something like it's a, a banned substance that you're allowed to have in your system, but he had more than you're allowed to have in your system. Jones, I hope you're pulling up a story. I see a big smile on your face as you're uh, no, I was, surfing your phone. Sorry, I was, I was a text message. I, was, I had to laugh at it. Sorry. I'm not pulling up the story, but apparently he pissed in the corner of a stall, and the guy was on cough syrup on the hay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a, one of the one of the handlers pissed in the corner of pissed in the hay in the stall. He'd been taking cough syrup for some reason. It a cough, and the horse ate the cough syrup he pee, and that is how he got the the <laughs> uh, the drug elevated. Uh, yes. Which, you know, makes sense to me. You know, I 
I'm a big uh, hay peeing guy. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I see those horses eating it after and I'm like, yeah, you eat my pee. But why the fuck are you pissing on the horse's food? Okay, so the substance that he tested positive for isn't banned. It's he had too much of it in his system. So I think. Yeah, I said that while you were doing your text message. Oh, sorry. Yeah, if you paid attention to him. Yeah, thanks for joining us. I was just yeah, sorry. It was a. Uh... But yeah, not not a good look for Bob Baffert. Haven't heard yet if uh, people are having to repay their winnings from the uh, Kentucky Derby. I hope those degenerate gamblers do have to. Give it back. Yeah, Matt Carmasco. Yeah, get, <laughs> get that bully Mandaloon his uh, his just desserts as the, the rightful winner. That, guy, that know, horse was Mandaloon throwing the body over there, taking dominance. He deserved, deserves the win. I don't even know whether they award Mandaloon the win. Is it just yeah. the winner's disqualified? There's no winner? Is that how it, no. how it goes down? Or? No, they would award the win to whoever finished second. So Mandaloon, the fucking cheat that knocked out Soup and Sandwich. Should be, should be Soup and Sandwich sitting up there the roses around his neck. Instead, he's going to the glue factory because he finished dead last after getting CTE. And <laughs> no, he finished. He finished uh, second last. Are you sure? Yeah. Well, it was still a fall from grace. All right, Jones. I want you to tell this Bryson DeChambeau story because I uh, I just heard about it today. But it's pretty pretty wild. Uh, pretty wild story. All right. So Bryson DeChambeau was playing this past weekend in the Wells Fargo Championship, and. Uh, after he finished his second round, he was sitting at, I'm going to say it was around 70 to 71st. I don't know the exact spot. And top 62 or something, 63 in ties, 65 in ties, make the cut. Bryson being Bryson, you know, he thinks, so. I'm out of this. I'm, I'm not even going to bother sticking around. He gets on his private jet and he takes off and he flies back to Texas which is about a three hour flight. And when he was about two to two and a half hours into his flight, he received a text message saying, congratulations, you made the cut. Your tea time is blah, blah, blah on Saturday morning and whatever. So he decides that he's going to land his plane in Texas. He's going to go home. He said he went and did a workout. So, you know, probably did a workout because he's Bryson DeChambeau, probably had a couple protein shakes, and he decided that he was going to fly back the next morning. So he got up at 2 a.m., boarded his private jet, and came back and played on the weekend of the tournament. So just goes to show you, you know, you never, you never count yourself out until, until every last golfer's put the ball in the 18th hole, right? So I, I'm sure he's going to learn a lesson about maybe not leaving too early, but... We'll see. Well, I hope he made enough money on the weekend to cover the cost of the extra jet fuel, extra flights there and back. I'm sure it's not cheap. I don't even know where he actually check to see where he finished to see. I can pull that up pretty quickly here. And then the last thing on my stuff list here, uh, I didn't even put it, but new wrestling super fan uh, Jones added to the list that there is a WWE pay-per-view this weekend. It is WrestleMania backlash. It's no longer just backlash. It's a WrestleMania backlash. Roman Reigns versus Cesaro, which was not a WrestleMania match. Uh, Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley versus Braun Strowman which was not a WrestleMania match. Bianca Belair versus Bailey, which was not a WrestleMania match. Asuka, Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley 
for the women's which title, was not a, which was not which a, was not a WrestleMania match. Nope. But it but it was uh, Rhea Ripley and Asuka. That was the match. Yeah. Well, McIntyre and, 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 Flair, and Lashley. Yeah. And Flair was supposed to originally be in that match instead of uh, Ripley. But the whole issue there with them saying that she wasn't fit to, or clear to wrestle because they thought she was pregnant. Yeah. We also got a new saga in the Roman Reigns head of the table storyline as Jimmy Uso returned to SmackDown last week and seemed to give a little resistance to Roman's head of being head of the table. I'm sure he'll either prove his worth or he and Jimmy will leave Roman, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. And you had something to say about that, didn't you? You said that when Jimmy comes back that he might not go with Roman and he might be against Roman. Um, I don't recall. Oh, it's been a long year. It's been a long <laughs> year. But yeah, I, I could see him going against. I, I I think Jay is doing so well on his kind of singles run with Roman that it might make sense to give Jimmy a singles run, give them both a, a bit of a singles run for a little while. Yeah, sweat them up a little bit. Yeah, and then, you know, brotherly love back together, you know, reunite them down the road. Maybe maybe you get some Uso versus Uso um, one-on-one matches I think would be pretty pretty entertaining matches i think they they would work really well together so, yeah i definitely agree with that you know i think you know maybe SummerSlam, those guys go head to head and then you know jay jay shows you know beats jimmy and forces him to to join the recognize the tribe. uh yeah out to the tribal chief or whatever they have to do yeah that that storyline's still interesting the fiend's kind of gone for now which is kind of weird they keep coming and going with him Alexa Bliss is having a pretty good run. She, her fiend character has kind of evolved into she has a doll now that possesses her or something along those lines. Yeah, uh, which is still interesting. She hasn't been in the ring in like forever, though. That's uh, that's the only thing that concerns me with her storyline. I, I wonder if she, like she's barely wrestled in like the past four years. I don't know about four years. It's been a long At time. The year. Oh, she had a run with what's her face. When she guess, had in the ring. Mickey Cross, right? Yeah, they were a tag team for a while there. It's only been the last year where she's been not in the ring as much. But I think she got injured, and then that's why she's been. But even even before that, before her Nikki run, she was probably two yeah. years out of the ring. Yeah, because she was hurt. She was dealing with concussion uh, issues. Uh, so, anyways, WrestleMania backlash goes this week. I'll I'll watch at some point. Yeah, I'll probably watch it the next day or something, or watch it here and there. Who are we kidding, Kudo? You're going to watch live. I don't always watch it live. No. Unless it's like a major thing like WrestleMania or something. Then, yeah, I'll watch it live. But I'm not like... I never watch it live. I'm I'm always a PVR and I'll watch it like night of, but I usually... Because I don't want to get the spoilers, and I—that's that, the one thing that always gets me is like, yeah, um, I, 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 I like, I'm like lying on the couch and I'm fast forwarding, and I got a match on, and I'm just scrolling Twitter as I go, and I see like a spoiler, I'm like, shit, yeah, shit. <laughs> get out of there, I don't want to see that. Yeah, throw the phone. Yeah, across the room. Yeah, yeah, because I, I like the uh, ability of fast forwarding through a match that you're not really interested in. Agreed. Or you fast forward through like the first half of it or something, and then you watch the last half. Yeah, the main events or whatever. That's what I do with Raw and SmackDown, too. Same. <laughs> I'll let it play a little longer. It's the last time this year. Till summer. Uh, Big Brother Canada. We had our finale. 
Kudo, you've been doing some good recaps on Big Brother. Why don't you why don't you give us another another Kudo recap? Yeah, but I only got like halfway and then I forgot to uh, write down. I think he writes it all down happened. on his phone, so he's got the I recap. I tend to, yes. So I can recall well, but I'll, I'll fill in I'll fill in the piece. So I'll get it to uh, Okay, so uh, when we last last left off, it was the HOH competition was was uh Tara Kiefer and Ty. And they had to buzz in and say the name of the person who was evicted after they were shown cards of people who played in the POV. So then they were asked seven questions. And after six questions, the three of them were tied with two correct answers each. And it came down to the last question. And Ty got it right. And he was named the new HOH. So at the uh, nomination ceremony, he put up Tara and Kiefer on the block, considering there wasn't many left. There was only Bray, who else he could put up there. But Bray is one of his, uh, he's got a line or his final two with Bray. So he decided to not put Bray on the block. And then at the yeah, P- and that nomination doesn't really matter, anyways. It's all about the POV. Yeah, it's whoever wins week. the POV like, that matters. So at the POV, it was a it was a two parter challenge, and at the first part, they're basically dressed as detectives and had to solve clues to find the pieces needed to solve questions based on the house guests. And then for the second part, they basically turned into a superhero, and they had to save the Big Brother house from a laser beam. So in the second part, they had to memorize colored numbers on a foam wall that they then broke through and then had to enter the codes to the color-coordinated wires that were uh, connected to the laser beam, basically to disarm disarm it. Uh, and then whoever had the fastest time won, and Tara won that. She won that in a so landslide. she became the... Pardon? She won that in, like, a landslide. Like, no one was even close to her. Yeah. Like, what was her, like, 11 minutes, and then everybody else was, like, at least 30 or more? Yeah. Like, it wasn't yeah. even close. Yeah, Kiefer was like 20 minutes or something like that, yeah. I think. He was the closest. Yeah, I think he was, they, didn't even give it, they didn't give his time, but yeah. he was. I don't think he was that close. Yeah. So then, obviously, she used the uh, POV on herself, which then Ty had to put Bray on the block since he was the only option. So then, obviously, Tara had the uh, only vote to evict someone, and she then decided to evict Kiefer. I think that was her stupidest move. Her stupidest yes move? Yes or no. Yeah. Uh, I don't think she was. I don't think Kiefer was taking her. But you never know. I think the only way she would have won is if she was up against Braden. She might have had a chance. Yeah. Kiefer was going to get all the votes. Tashawn was going to get all the votes. I, think. I, just, so. I just think for her to make it to the final two and win some money, if she got rid of Braden, she would have won some money. That's my only thinking. Yeah, but are, is, she, is she playing to win the game or is she playing to win $20,000? Yeah. Well, it's better than winning nothing. I'm just saying. Yeah, maybe. That's just my only thought, you know. Yeah, so she could either guarantee herself second place or she could try to yeah, continue building her resume to win the game, right? If she had to win the last HOH, then... If, I think if she won the last HOH and took Tashawn, she would have had a fighting chance to beat him in the finals, to be honest. I think she, she would have had a chance at both of them yeah. if she had won that, that comp, but she didn't. I just think there was no way she was getting to the finals with those two guys if she didn't win it herself. That's my thought. But at the same time, they don't know what we, you know, she thought that Braden was her number one. Like guess, they were yeah. kind of working together and, and she was making deals with uh, Tashawn too. So true. True enough. Sorry, Kudo continue. <laughs> okay. So then we're down to the final three. So obviously we had Ty, Braden and Tara, and then they had to compete in the final HOH, which basically is a three parter. So the first part, they had to balance discs on a, hoverboard and the first person to balance 60 discs would win and they had four hours to try and do so and basically like the hoverboard was like on a track and they had disc on each end of the uh track and they had to put what was it five at a time i think yeah yeah so they had five discs at a time and they 
take it down to the other side, put another five on top, and they had to get to 60 discs. And they had four hours to do so, which they did not do within the four hours. So then they went down to, was it 40 discs? Correct. The first one to 40 discs. Correct. And that's kind of where I lost my uh, my notes. But yeah, they went down to the 40 discs. And was Braden. it Braden who did it? Yeah. Yeah, Braden who won. So he won the first part, so it automatically goes to the third part of the HOH. And then in the second part, we had Tara and Tyson. They were like throwing. They had to go head to head in. Uh, it's like a memory contest where they threw balls at blocks or something, right? Yeah, answer questions, and they had to knock down numbers around blocks. And did you guys see the way that Ty was throwing the ball? I did, and I was like, considering he's like an athlete, like played. I guess he played basketball, never played baseball, but still, but just his form was really off. <laughs> it's like even Carly made a comment like his form is terrible. He doesn't even know how to throw a ball. Like Tara like knew how to throw a ball, but he didn't know how to throw a ball, which was hilarious. Well, Tara couldn't aim worth anything. Tara was like throwing underhand and she was missing badly. Yeah. And then at least Ty was getting them like he was getting his aim on. So he uh battled at that one and he pulled that one off. So it came down to him and Bray in the final uh, part of the HOH. And that's basically you answer questions and then Yeah. Game you answer game questions. Yeah. They each had seven questions or they were asked seven questions. Yep. That's total i think tishon went six and one Braden went five and two so tishon won the last hoh he cut tara uh basically in his speech he said i want you know two two uh african canadian or two black men to uh to sit together in the final and so off she went to jury jury did their deliberations asked a bunch of questions they asked a lot of salty jury questions that Tashawn just kind of laughed off and, you know, I think he, you know, just kind of turned them by, you know, laughing off their questions and not, you know, giving them like a serious answer. He gave them kind of like a, a playful game answer kind of thing. And I think he was able to keep some of the, keep some of his votes or regain some of the votes at that point. But he gave really good points to like why certain moves happened or why he did what he did. Cause like the one who was really bitter was Beth. Which, like, she obviously didn't agree that he, like, she didn't see that he actually played a decent game for what he did throughout the game. When he came out and he answered those questions and told them exactly what he did and how he did it, then it kicked into her head, like, oh, shit, he did play a really good game. And everybody else is seeing that. How am I not seeing that? She was just so pissed off with him that he was there and she wasn't that, like, she didn't want to give him the vote. And she thought that she was uh, a factor in the uh, the Jed decision. She yeah. thought like that was like her game move, and it wasn't even close to being hers. But yeah, it was a it was Kiefer's move, and then it was Tashawn's move with Kiefer to to vote him out, right? Yeah, because he was the main factor of like sw- like turning on Jed and doing it. It was also a bit of Tara's move too, because she like had to play it up that you know this is what's going to happen, and this is how we're going to get him out, right? Like she couldn't. You know what I mean? She had to play up. Well, they they gave her that they gave her the chips, yeah. and then she had to play. She had to deliver yeah, it, yeah. right? And so, like, you got to give her some credit for that too. And that, vote. yeah, but she was the HOH. But basically, when I see it, is the HOH? Yeah, you're putting up the people, but it comes down to the people to vote to get this person out. Yeah, and Tyson and Tyson was like the one that he's like his vote mattered whether or not he keeps Jensen. So no, that's I, why, like, the credit should go to him and why he was the one saying, like, no, I voted him to get it to go. Because I was like the main vote. Because best vote didn't matter. Because she was going to vote. She was voting to keep him there. Well, all three of those guys were in the alliance with him, right? Yeah. So uh, all three voting that week were were in his alliance, and they all voted him out. I think the idea from Kiefer was the the factor. 
the execution by Terra. I don't think Terra would have come up with that scenario. No, I agree. And then, um, you know, without that, without Kiefer making that move, I think she executed it well. And I, I don't, I, I don't understand the the logic, but obviously when you're not in the game, you're not as close to the conversation or whatever, but I don't understand why, why he would have thought, Oh yeah, Braden, Braden's going to go home. Like she's going to put Braden up because Braden can't stay. If, if Beth's up there against Braden, uh, Beth goes home. But if, if Braden's up there against me, he goes home. Like, I, I don't, I just don't understand. Like if it was his Alliance voting either way, like, why would Beth, you know, like, why would Tara have put up Brayden against Beth? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't. Yeah. It's like, well, well, the boys are, the boys are going to vote to keep him. Like, Judge should have known, like, well, why would the boys vote to keep Brayden over Beth, you know, when they're in my alliance? Like, what what's the difference here? What's going on? Like, why is, like. Yeah. You know, if you're going to lose a. You know, I think he was just thinking about the prize and being, oh, this is maybe the best best move ever. You know, my alliance is going to stay intact, and she she doesn't know about our alliance. There's <laughs> there's six people left in the house, but she doesn't know that there's four of us working together. Like, yeah. it just didn't. It, it was such a weird a weird scenario, but definitely the that was the I don't know how you the week of the that. season. His train of thought was basically. How I can see it is like he thought like okay this is their t- their t- their time to turn on Beth and he could see them actually voting against her that's why he was like oh I want to save her because he was basically going to take her to the final two yeah. so he's like I'm going to save her he goes because they're not going to vote me out because I'm they're my boys so like yeah, I'll save her and put Bray up and Bray will go yeah that was the, probably the, his thinking to the soil um, yeah was it was always loyal to the soil it might even be him thinking you know okay well if I do this. And I make it to the finals. Like, look at this. I didn't even have their chance to get me out. I didn't pull myself off the block. And I'm here now in the finals. Like, you know, you basically got to give me the money, right? Yeah. 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 Ty not once hit the block, did he? No. Exactly. And that's like a big move right there. If you can go the whole season without being on the block, you're almost guaranteed the game. Wasn't there two guys in Big Brother US last year that didn't touch the block? uh, Maybe. Final two. I think you're right. Yeah, because wasn't it Cody and who was the other one? Enzo or Nicole? Yeah, you might be right. Cody and Enzo were the last two. They were the last two. Yeah, he he took Enzo, right? He didn't take Nicole, right? Yeah, so yeah. yeah they, and then Enzo, remember Enzo was giving a speech at the end, and they were all like laughing, and he's like, they were laughing at him. <laughs> but yeah, Cody could have put Enzo on the block, and he didn't, just to keep him. Yeah, keep his record clean too. So, anyways. So Tashawn won six to one in the votes. He wins first African Canadian, first black winner of Big Brother Canada. Uh, so congrats to him, and uh, congrats to me for being the uh, first Big Brother Canada into sports and stuff pool winner. Con- congrats to me. Uh, can we say congrats to the both of us? Considering we picked without even seeing an episode, we did this before the season started, and we both picked Tyson. Well. We, we can say congrats to you for finishing second, Kudo, but yeah. I don't know you know, why I would give you congrats. Like, I, I won. Yeah, because I picked Ty, too. So I picked the winner. Yeah, Carly picked Ty, too. She finished third, and she had Kyle and Matoya, who were both negative players. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if you had Ty, you did well. Um, that was kind of the moral of the season. Yeah, but we didn't get to watch uh, an episode before picking where everyone else did. She did, too. That's true. Uh, fun fact that I saw as I was putting the thing together is uh, Ty was the first 
the first pick in the draft. Uh, so he was the first person off the board and Braden was the last player picked in the draft and they went to opposite teams. Wow. So, yeah. I remember, yeah, I remember Bray being picked last, but I don't remember Tyson being the first one. I thought Jetson was for some reason. No, I think uh, I think Ty went first, then Jed went to uh, to Kiefer. So yeah, that's Big Brother. Another season done. All right, Jones, you're up. Let's let's get to the grill. All right. Well, first, I just want to uh, this little tweet I just saw from Mark Masters come across. Oh, my your feet. boy, Mark Masters. I'm Mark Masters. Mark Masters, TSN, Toronto. The Toronto Maple Leafs will face the Montreal Canadiens in the Stanley Cup playoffs for the first time since, since April 1979. Zdeno Chara is the only active NHL player who was alive at that time. And Joe, <laughs> and Joe Thornton was born a few months later. Wow. I thought I found that kind of interesting. You know, a little fun fact. That is a fun fact. See? I could have used that for next week's episode. Oh, there Thanks you go. a lot, Jones. Well, no problem, Kudo. And uh, you can thank Mark Masters. You, you can edit that out and use it again next week. Yeah, yeah I will. <laughs> yeah, probably. Ooh, yeah. Um, I'm going to have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you there. All right. So let's get into this one. Grill it up. It's the grill. It's the grill. So you guys saw that, you know, there's there's a good rumor going around about Tim Tebow signing with the Jacksonville Jaguars to become a tight end. So I want to know, two, two-part question. Will team, Tim Tebow make the Jets or the Jags opening roster and... If so, will he catch a touchdown pass this year? He won't make the team. Isn't there like five other tight ends for them? Or he's like the fifth one on the roster now? Well, it doesn't matter. You can never have enough tight ends. Ask the Chicago Bears. I think they had like eight tight ends last year on their roster. Yeah, will depend if he can play special teams or not. That's going to depend. So I don't want to write him off. I don't know how his tackling is or I don't know how his his speed is downfield. I'm going to say... He will make the team because Urban Meyer is the coach, and Urban Meyer was his uh, college coach. Does he catch touchdown pass? He no, he runs one in. Oh, runs one in. There you go. All I right. just don't see it happening. Hey, you never know. Next, next, we're gonna go go to our boy Aaron Rodgers. He's always in the news. Where do you guys see him playing next year? Green Bay, Denver, Las Vegas, or the 49ers? I feel like we answered this kind of last week. Maybe, I don't know. I can't remember. You're terrible at this. What kind of grill master are you? Pretty fucking shitty one, if you ask me. <laughs> he's not a grill master, he's a scrutinizer. <laughs> yeah. Chris. <laughs> I think he will retire. Oh, retire. And what? Post, and post Jeopardy? Yeah, that's what Does he definitely... whatever the fuck he wants. That's what I said last week. Maybe maybe he goes Pat McAfee show. Him, him, Pat McAfee, and AJ Hawk on the on the Pat McAfee show. Oh, there you go. Maybe he goes into the movies with his uh, his wife. You never know. I guess. I guess you never do know. Kudo. He's going to Jeopardy. So you both that don't or think he's going to. Uh, he's going to the 49ers. He's from California. He's going out there. All right. And the last one I have, 
I know you guys are both big Tom Wilson fans, so I uh, thought I'd bring him into the grill this week. Would you rather have Tom Wilson or Brady Kachuk on your team? Whew. Don't say it didn't give you a challenging question, right? Give me Brady Kachuk. I think his potential is higher because he's younger and he's got a lot of skill. And he's not afraid to, to muck it up. So, But he's like, he's got a lot of skill compared to Wilson, I believe. Yeah. Uh, if they're the same age, it'd be a tougher tougher yeah. question. But I think the age gap and you know what Kachuk can do, I think he's uh, – you know, you take Kachuk at this point. I was hoping one of you guys was going to say Tom Wilson. Now the next question is who would you rather take, uh, Brady Kachuk or Matthew Kachuk? Brady Kachuk. You could go with that one if you like. Kudo just jumps right on the Brady Kachuk bandwagon. So how am I jumping on it? You asked me a question, I answered it. I'm telling you, Brady Kachuk. I say big fucking sends guy, yeah, big, big sends, sends guy, guy over here. Yeah, I got a sends jersey, old school one. It's got char on it. <laughs> all right, well that's all I got. So uh, so we're gonna end her there. That'll do, pig. That'll do. You guys got anything else? All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining us for our 50th episode. We really appreciate all the love and support. Please give us a follow at Instagram at Into Sports and Stuff. And follow us on Twitter at Into Sports Stuff. No and in that one. Feel free to send us your personal picks of the week and let us know any topics you want to talk about on the show. Check out T Public and MeUndies in the show notes. And don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice. We'll see you next week, and we'll get into sports and stuff. Hey, Medina Spirit, pass the cough syrup. Hit the music. Bye. Bye.